when you talk about the subject of love, uh, actually, you probably could just open your Bibles anywhere, and I could just preach from that when we get to God's love, amen? Uh, but when you talk about this subject of love, uh, think about what your definition of love might be. I don't know, maybe you think love is compassion, uh, or love is giving, love is generosity, and I really believe that those are parts of it, uh, but really those are things that come as a result of love, aren't they? Uh, all of that compassion, generosity, giving, all of those things are really a result of what love is. Uh, and so you would think, um, you know, for us, boy, when you talk about love, I think people have love, you know. What do we really know about love? What do we really know about it? If, if you've been here for any length of time, you may know that my personal definition of love is the giving of oneself at the expense of oneself for the benefit of others. We all may have a definition of what we really believe love to be, but I believe for me that's a great definition, the giving of oneself at the expense of oneself for the benefit of another. Let's just look in John chapter 15, if you would, verse 9, and uh, let's see what Jesus had to say about love. Beginning at verse 9, the Bible says, and Jesus says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I love you. So the question is, I titled this message this morning, Learn Love, Live Love. And so out of that, uh, we get a question. Does love need to be learned? It's a, good, it's a good question. Because when you think about it, I would think, well, people do have love, don't they? I mean, people love. They, isn't it inherent, inherent, inherent uh, for people to love? Isn't it already in people's hearts to love? Well, you know, people do show compassion to an extent. I think that people are givers to an extent. People are generous. People show empathy to an extent. But when you're talking about the love that we're talking about this morning, the agape love, when you're talking about the giving of oneself at the expense of oneself for the benefit of another, that kind of love knows no limits. There is no to an extent on it. That kind of love doesn't have boundaries. That kind of love doesn't live in margins. And so when I think about that, my answer becomes, yes, I think we do need to learn love. I think David was, David was very poignant, and he expressed it uh, very beautifully when he said, in sin was I born, and in, sin, in iniquity was I born, and in sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, what he's saying is right from the beginning, right from the moment of birth, even from the moment of conception, I already had sin in me. He realized this. There's already sin there. So when you think about that, I would say, yes, we do need to learn love. But here's the key. Here's the kicker to it. No one can teach you this kind of love. You need to learn it. We need to learn it. 
but no one can teach you. It can't be taught in a classroom. Now, you can teach others how to uh, put someone else before yourself, sure. You can teach someone to be a giver. You can teach someone to be generous. But when we're talking about teaching this, you cannot teach someone to have a transformed heart. Loving Jesus, transforming lives. You can't teach someone to have a transformed heart. And so when you think about this kind of love, we have to understand that it's not, it doesn't come from a classroom or a book. This kind of love, the kind of love we're talking about, this kind of love is not taught, it's caught. This kind of love is not taught, it's caught. You know how Jesus taught his disciples how to love? He showed them love. He showed love to them and he showed love to others. He showed them what real love looked like. You know how Jesus taught us this kind of love? He showed it to us on the cross. He, he, he did something. It was with action that he showed us his love. And so for this kind of love that we're talking about, we're going to have to learn it in order to live it. Come on, somebody. So I just briefly want to give you three ways to learn this kind of love. This love that is not taught. This love that is caught. Number one, you learn from being loved. If you're never loved, sure, you can develop a kind of love to an extent, of course. I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's improbable that you'll understand how to uh, show the love of Christ to others if you're never loved from Christ, if you don't accept that love, and if you don't accept that love from others. Improbable. Jesus gave us the blueprint. Here in verse 9, he says, As my Father loved me, I also have loved in you. Abide in my love. He shows us right there that before I loved you, my father loved me. And so you learn love from being loved. You not only do what you see, but what you experience. And if you allow yourself to experience the love of God in your life, you'll learn what this love is. More than that, you'll learn who this love is. You'll learn who it is. And it's not about being good to receive his love. See, if you learned it in a classroom, you'd have to take a test and get a certain uh, amount of a grade on a test in order to pass. But that's not how you learn and receive this love. It's not about you making changes. Come on now, might rub you a little wrong. It's not about you making changes in order to receive his love. Before you even thought about making a change, he already loved you. He already loved you. It's about receiving his love and allowing him to change you. Come on. God loves you just as much on your worst day that he did on your first day. Nothing you do can change God's love for you. Do you see what we're reaching for this morning? Do you see why we need to learn love? Nothing you do can change his love because God is not able to turn it on and off like we do. He's not able to do that. It's not something he does. We know that 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. It's who he is. 
And so you learn love from being loved. Number two, you learn love from doing love. Again, let's look at Jesus as our blueprint. If you keep my commandments, verse 10, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And that word abide doesn't just mean sitting still, but it means doing. Abiding in Jesus means doing. Serving the Lord means doing. You've heard the example before of uh, go to a restaurant, and, and if the waiter is going to serve you, what do they do? Do they sit over in the corner and just look at you? I'm serving. I'm waiting. I'm abiding. Well, can you abide over here and bring some water with lemon? And so abiding doesn't mean just sitting in the corner. We're talking about a love that we need to reach for, folks. You know, the, the Greek language, ancient Greek language, actually has seven words for love. Uh, but the Bible speaks of four of these words that you've probably, some of you have heard before, uh, storge, which uh, simply is sort of a compassion. It means I have compassion. Maybe you see someone on the street corner and they need money or you give them something to eat. It's that compassionate kind of love, that love we all should have. You know, and you have that uh, philia or phileo love where we get Philadelphia from, the city of brotherly love. Uh, that's sort of what we did this morning when we prayed. Uh, you know, in the spirit, joining hands together. We love each other. We're brothers and sisters in arms. Or you have a best friend, maybe, uh, that you grew up with, and that's that phileo. That's the brotherly love. There's eros, which you shouldn't know unless you're married. Uh, so that's that intimate uh, love, sexual love. Uh, there's a word for that. And uh, then there's, of course, agape, uh, and that is the love that God has for us. And it's the love we're reaching for. That's that unconditional love doesn't mean there's never correction it doesn't mean that there's never circumstances that's not what that means we just need to read Romans chapter 7 to understand that in fact read all of Paul's writings and we'll understand it it doesn't mean that there's uh, never any adjustments that are going to be made in our life that might hurt but guess what those adjustments are made out of love and so the agape love that we're reaching for it doesn't start with concentrating on what you can do for others to prove yourself to God and yourself. Doing love starts with keeping his commandments. When you hear this, uh, doing love is how you learn love, you think, oh, okay, then I got to go out and do love. I, I need to go out and, uh, you know, help somebody do something or give someone some money or serve in the church. Actually, uh, first, you need to see what his commandments are. You need to go to God first. We talked about this before. This relationship has to be right before this relationship can be right. No matter what you feel in your heart. So doing love starts with keeping his commandments. Because you can do all that you want for others, but if you're not keeping his commandments, you're the one that's going to stand before him and he's going to say, depart from me. For I, ne I never knew you. We have all kinds of things that we'll say, but Lord, I did this and I did that. But he says, I never knew you. You did all of those things, but I never knew you. And in order to get here and abide with me, I must know you. And so it starts that way. You learn love from doing love. You turn your initial focus from inwardly to outwardly to upwardly. You know, before Jesus started healing people, before he turned water into wine, before he cast out demons, and before he performed signs 
and wonders and miracles. He was about his father's business. Remember, at 12 years old, at 12 years old, before he, before he even got, almost 20 years before he got to his ministry, he was about his father's business. Where is he at? He's in the temple. What's he doing? I'm about my father's business. His father's business didn't begin with going out. His father's business began with coming in. Ever heard that before? Began with coming in, Luke chapter 2. So you learn love from being loved. You learn love from doing love, which is really finding what he wants you to do and doing that. And then, number three, you learn love from duplicating true love, not your kind of love. Well, I'm going to do it because I think that's what's best for them. Well, what did God say to do? Well, you know, I know the Bible says, you know, you should forgive, uh, you know, forgive your enemies, but uh, I think it's better if I don't because I think they'll learn a little bit more. But I don't, I don't see that in here. I don't see at your discretion. I'm looking for at, at your discretion. It doesn't say that. Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you, unless it's real bad. I, I can't find it in there. You learn love from duplicating true love. Look at verses 11 and 12. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, watch it now, as I have loved you. Key words. As I have loved you. And so if you want to know how to love others, think about how Jesus loved you. God doesn't just tell us to go and love. God doesn't just give us a script and tell us to follow that as we go in love. God doesn't just give us points, four ways to love your neighbor as yourself. God shows us how to love by demonstrating his love for us. He did that with our faith. Jesus didn't just tell us, oh, just go out and have faith and don't worry about it if you just have faith. No, he showed it. He showed it several times with the fig tree, uh, casting out demons. Come on, Jesus showed us. He walked in it, how to have faith. He walked in love. Listen to Ephesians 5.2. One translation puts it this way. It says, keep company with him, talking about God, and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Love like that. Gilbert Parker once said that love knows not distance, it hath not continent, for its eyes are for the stars. This love doesn't have limitations. Well, I'm, I'm going to do it, you know, just up to a certain point. There's no extent to the love. Now, remember, separate love from consequences and, and learning and all of those types of things. But love, you can never stop loving. And when we get to that point, we've achieved the love that God wants for us, that agape love. Listen to love according to children. <laughs> I'll end with this great young prophets some children said this here's Rebecca age 8 
She said, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, so my grandfather does it. He does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. That's how she defined it. Little Billy, age four, he said, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. <laughs> well, I think that speaks to trust. It's what love is about, isn't it? Total trust. Chrissy, age six, she said, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. <laughs> I can vouch for that one. That's love. Come on. That's love right there. Terry, Terry, age four, she said, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. <laughs> Danny, age seven, says, love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy, and she takes a sip before giving it to him just to make sure it tastes okay. That's love. <laughs> Nika, age six, she said, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Ooh, isn't that something? Age six. Age six. Noel, age seven, said, love is when you tell a guy that you like his shirt, and then he wears it every day. <laughs> I also can vouch for that. That's love. <laughs> Tommy, age six, says, love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends, even after they know each other so well. And they're still friends. Couple more. Claire, age six, says, my mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me to sleep at night. <laughs> Elaine, age five, said, love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. And finally, Jessica, age eight, says, you really shouldn't say, I love you, unless you mean it. But if you mean it, say it a lot, because people forget. <laughs> I believe that God is one who says it a lot to us, because sometimes we forget. Let me just give you one last story. There was a newspaper columnist, George Crane, and he's also a minister. And he tells a story about how a wife came in to see him one day and was complaining about her husband and how he, he doesn't care about her. He never tells her that he loves her. And, uh, you know, he's just a bad husband. You know, he, uh, she doesn't even want to be around him anymore. In fact, it's got to the point where she wants a divorce. It's got to that point. He's come into his office and told him about that. And she's just trying to figure out how to do this. How can I, you know, what should I do? And this minister says, I'll tell you what, uh, I hear what you're saying. You know, it sounds like a bad situation that you're in. He said, this is, this is what you do. Because she felt so bad, and she was so badly, she felt so badly treated by him that she wanted to get him back. You ever felt that bad? You don't have to admit it. If you ever felt that way, you really wouldn't like to get him back. So... He said, I'll tell you what you do. You want to get him, really get him back. Is I want you to go home for one month. I want you to just love him. Just, you know, cook food for him. Tell him he looks handsome. You know, do all these kind of things. Just, just, just love him. Do those types of things for him. Do that for 30 days. And after 30 days, then is when you drop the bomb on him. Because then he'll be sucked in and... You know, he'll think that you really love him. You tell him, well, look, I, I, I want a divorce. Do that. So she said, yeah, that'll get him. So she went home, and she started to love on him. And no matter how he treated her, 
No matter how he treated her, she still loved him, still cooked for him or, uh, you know, told him that he looked handsome and did all these things. And then finally, she went back into the minister's office and he said, okay, you've been doing all those things. Are you ready to go through with your divorce? Divorce, she exclaimed. Never. I discovered that I really do love him. Her actions had changed her feelings. Motion resulted in emotion. The ability to love is established not so much by fervent promise as often repeated deeds, but it's established by the intent of our heart. And if we've received that kind of unconditional love, it'll be easier for us to show that kind of unconditional love.